What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Werlich. Hey, listeners, please take a moment to follow the @ethosfantasybk on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on the earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at ethosfantasyb-k on Twitter. Follow now. So, today is Thursday, December 29th. It is a rainy day here in Southern California, but the show must go on. And so, I'm here today to talk about the last three games for the Warriors against the Memphis Grizzlies, Phoenix Suns, and the Denver Nuggets as well as diving into the recent play of Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton II, and Otto Porter Jr., while the Warriors are dealing with a plethora of missing players, mostly due to the health and safety protocols, although they did find themselves getting a little bit of a boost, or quite a big boost, in fact, with the return of Andrew Wiggins in last night's game against the Nuggets. So, Let's talk Warriors. A quick little recap going back to December 23rd. The Warriors played the Memphis Grizzlies and ended up coming up with a win. It was a 113-104 finish. The Memphis Grizzlies simply had no answer for Stephen Curry, who would end up with 46 points on 8 of 14 shooting. The team would end up shooting 19 of 40 from 3. That's 47.5%. Gary Payton had 22 points on 4 of 7 shooting from 3, and Otto Porter Jr. racked in 9 rebounds. So, some takeaways from this game. You know, this was a really big game. The Warriors are in the middle of a difficult stretch, as I mentioned earlier at the start. They're without Jordan Poole. They were without Andrew Wiggins in this game. No Moses Moody. No Damian Lee. The wing guard rotation was incredibly thin and the Memphis Grizzlies have had the Warriors number dating back to last season in the play-in game where they knocked out the Warriors in the second game of the play-in tournament. The Grizzlies would go on in the playoffs to lose in the first round and the Warriors would end up netting themselves a lottery pick which turned into Moses Moody. So this was a big game. It was a statement game. The Warriors had previously lost to Memphis also at home in an overtime stinger. And so, you know, Draymond and team were fired up and it showed for sure. Draymond got a T, which was pretty surprising, but you could tell that he was incredibly passionate and determined at that to make sure that the Warriors came away with the victory here. It was a very close game throughout but in traditional Warriors fashion they simply put away the Grizzlies at the end and they had no answer. It was more or less a Grizzlies team effort. Morant looked good but it was really you know committee by approach. Memphis is an incredibly deep team. They got great production from Bain, from Melton, from Jaron Jackson, from Dylan Brooks. It wasn't just any one player, but nobody had an answer on the Memphis side for Stephen Curry. Moving on to the Christmas Day game in Phoenix. This was an 
incredibly big game also you know very minimal expectations coming into this with the Warriors missing so much scoring without Poole or Wiggins and I definitely did not have high expectations for the Warriors I thought it was going to be competitive but you know Phoenix Suns were the number one seed in the West at that time but it simply was not what the Warriors had in mind here it was back and forth throughout most of the game, but the Warriors made second half adjustments defensively and completely locked up the Suns. Draymond Green played incredible defense on Chris Paul. The switching was on point. Looney and, and uh, Bielitsa did a very good job against DeAndre Ayton and, you know, it's not like Phoenix had a bad night. They got contributions from across their lineup, and Curry didn't even have a great night himself. Steph would end up being a volume shooter, chucking 27 shots up and only hitting 10 of them, 5 of 16 from 3, but 8 of 9 from the field. Ended up with 33 points, plus 24, which was a team high. You got Draymond with 8 rebounds, 10 assists, and 8 points. He was a plus 8. Gary Payton was 14 points. Otto Porter had a huge game, 19 points, would go on an incredible 7-0 run at the end of the game to really seal the deal and put it away, including hitting some very difficult contested long turnaround twos, followed up by the dagger three. This was a very interesting game in which Steve Kerr relied heavily on the starters, which would be Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Gary Payton, Otto Porter, and Kevon Looney. Looney would play nearly 28 minutes, who, again, as I mentioned earlier, put up some incredible defense against DeAndre Ayton. Jonathan Kaminga got in there for 21 minutes. He had 12 points. He looked really good, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Bielitsa played nearly 20 minutes. Toscano Anderson played nearly 20 minutes. With all of the guards missing, you know, talking about Wiggins, Poole, and Damian Lee, the Warriors have been going with much more forward-heavy lineups with Toscano, Kaminga, Bielitsa, which has given them a lot of length and made them very difficult to score on defensively with that. And so, you know, for sure this was a statement game for the Warriors. Coming into this, you know, Phoenix had a healthy squad. And again, talking about the Phoenix Suns and, and the contributions they got, Chris Paul had 21 points, Mikael Bridges had 17, Devin Booker was kept quiet but had 13 on 5 of 19 shooting, DeAndre Ayton had an 18 points on 8 of 10 shooting, Cam Johnson had 11. So it wasn't a significant drop-off offensively, but you just saw the Warriors were on a different level than the Suns, and the Suns really had no answer for them. This was a classic Draymond Green defensive show. As I mentioned, he's been the quarterback and heartbeat of this team and has really been the catalyst to everything that the Warriors want to do. He unlocks them defensively, which then turns into offensive efficiency when you get stops or get steals and are going the other way in transition. I mentioned the 10 assists and, um, you know, Draymond really should be early, early runner, 
to um, locking up Defensive Player of the Year, potentially All-Star worthy as well. And it's just night in, night out, watching what he does and how he contributes to this Warriors team cannot be understated enough. Moving on to the next game, last night at home against the Denver Nuggets. Wiggins returns from the health and safety protocols. However, Draymond enters the health and safety protocols. So the Warriors have historically given up 122 points per game in games where Draymond Green has not played. We just spent the last few minutes talking about how important Draymond is to this team. I was definitely worried about how the Warriors would fare against the Denver Nuggets, where you're missing one of your main defenders on Nikola Jokic. And it was tough. Denver early got up to a 24-point lead. The Warriors couldn't do anything right. Missing free throws, turning the ball over. Curry was nearly scoreless going into halftime, and it seemed like this was going to be quite the letdown game. Um, Andrew Wiggins would end up starting, followed with Gary Payton, Kavon Looney, Toscano Anderson, and Steph Curry. Otto Porter went back to the bench. Kaminga was aggressive early, and this was a great sign. However, he struggled mightily from the free throw line. He missed his first six and finally would end up three of ten on the line for the night. He did show some very good aggressiveness attacking the rim the warriors continued to go to him you could see the veterans in curry and iguodala encouraging him to continue to attack despite his obvious struggles at the line speaking of iguodala this was definitely a game to forget for andre who ended up with three turnovers in the minus nine and some pretty bad turnovers too these were the Turnovers and half-court sets, live ball turnovers that resulted in runouts for Denver. Um, Steph Curry would also have six turnovers in his own right. As I mentioned, he struggled mightily, did not hit a three-pointer until the fourth quarter. But you got to give the Warriors a lot of credit. As I mentioned, the first half really looked like this was going to be a blowout. And the second half, the script was flipped. The Warriors put on a clinic. They had a 24-point comeback. Steph actually ends up hitting his 3,000th three-pointer, so that was quite something, and would go on to hit five threes in the fourth quarter. Um, And despite all their efforts, they didn't have enough to close it out. As a team, they missed 15 free throws. Otto Porter Jr., as I mentioned, returned to the bench. He would go scoreless in 25 minutes, 0 for 4. That definitely hurt the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins did not miss a beat. He would end up with 21 points, 8 boards, 3 of 6 from 3, 8 of 20 from the field. But as I mentioned, Kaminga missed 7 free throws. Toscano Anderson missed 5 free throws. Curry missed a free throw. And this was a 3-point loss. The Nuggets would end up winning 89 86. All of that being said, the Warriors got back into the game. It was tied with two minutes left. It really could have gone either way. There was an opportunity for the Warriors to take the lead, but it resulted in an Andrew Wiggins turnover. Denver would go down to score the other way, and coming back into a defensive stop that turned into a transition break in a play or a sequence where it looked like it was going to be a give-and-go to Curry. 
Curry passed it up to Otto Porter Jr., who attacked the rim, which was fine, dished it to Kaminga, who was open, but some incredible defense from Nikola Jokic sent him away, no foul was called, and Denver would go on to win the game after a desperation three-point attempt from Iggy couldn't tie the game and send it into overtime. So, what are some takeaways here? Well, first and foremost, as expected, the Warriors in the first half with it, without Draymond Green looked like one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Talking about a team that's been first in defense efficiency throughout the year, we all know that Draymond Green is the biggest reason for that. However, that being said, this is a veteran Warriors team. You do have legit defenders. You do have Toscano Anderson, who has the ability to slot in and fill some of the minutes missed by Draymond. But I love the second half adjustments. That's really been one of the nicest throwbacks to the Warriors' dominance in past years was the way that they put teams away in the third. And most of that comes from their defensive dominance, which is mostly tied to the adjustments that they make after halftime and how they're defending the opposing teams. They are able to execute the game plan and make the appropriate adjustments that were clearly missing in the first half. In the second half, the Warriors let Denver shoot threes, not named Nikola Jokic, and it worked. There were a lot of misses, and it was gang rebounding. So Nikola Jokic obviously did work as expected. They didn't have a big body to really deal with him. Jokic would end up with 22 points and 18 rebounds. But it was the play of Gary Payton, Andrew Wiggins, Toscano Anderson at times, and Stephen Curry that really got the Warriors back into the game. Jonathan Kaminga played some admirable defense as well. So yeah, this loss hurts for sure. Honestly, the Warriors missing 15 free throws and committing 17 turnovers as a team. Nine of those were from Curry and Iguodala. Really didn't deserve to even be in this game. And Denver let them back in. Um gave them an opportunity to tie the game and even take the lead at one point. Um, and you move on. So the Warriors will be matching up against Denver tomorrow, uh, December 30th. It'll be interesting to see how that game goes. There won't be a Draymond Green suiting up. However, we might get Jordan Poole back. There was definitely, the Warriors were definitely hurting offensively as it was evident that when Steph shot wasn't falling, it was pretty clear that this team was um, going nowhere fast with the issues defensively and lack of production offensively, but they definitely showed signs of life. The others on the team showed and took advantage of the opportunity given to them, and so I'd like to see them continue to build on that and potentially not dig themselves a 24-point deficit going into the second half and have a good opportunity to bounce back and put away a Denver Nuggets team that's been struggling in their own right. So, hey, just wanted to take a minute to remind you guys that we have brand new daily fantasy partners at Sporth Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. 
Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. Check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So we had a little bit of a recap on the last three games. I wanted to spend some time talking about Gary Payton and Otto Porter, who have been big players in the fallout of health and safety protocols that's taken some big names out of the Warriors lineup. And first of all, Gary Payton II. He has simply been a revelation. Coming into the season, we all knew he had the defensive chops. He showed glimpses last season of that. There was the position battle between him and Avery Bradley. You know, it's interesting because a lot of the Warriors, mostly Steph and Draymond, were pretty high on Avery Bradley, and they had reportedly told Bob Myers that they wanted to keep Bradley, but the Warriors front office decided to go with Gary Payton, and oh my gosh, what a great decision. He can ball. Simply put, he is an incredible athlete. The way in which he's able to finish at the rim around bigger players, rebound the ball, the dunks and energy that he brings to the game, the way that he's able to pick up full court and be really kind of Patrick Beverly-esque, not with the same type of peskiness or annoyingness, I'll call it, because Beverly likes to, to really stir the pot up. But Peyton does it in his own way just by getting into the action, really disrupting whoever has the ball in their hands on the opposing team. And the three-point shot, really a big surprise for Gary Payton, not something that I was expecting to see. Sure, he's going to get open looks, but the way in which he is converting threes over his last three games, he's 7 of 13 from three, averaging 31 minutes per game, 15.7 points, 5.7 boards, and 61% field goals. Um, yeah, the field goal percentage is high because he gets so many dunks and layups at the rim, but you got to give the guy a lot of credit because he's almost always the smallest guy on the court, and yet every time you look, he's under the hoop scoring with the bigs. This guy can really play. He is going to be a really big piece for Warriors franchise in the future. This guy is still young, 26 years of age. And I really hope they're able to lock him up for the long time because he's going to be a big part of what this team needs to do. Um, you got to have those guys who can pick up the ball full court. He provides a lot of energy if the Warriors are slumping. And he's really just fit in seamlessly with everything that Dub Nation really represents. And so you got to give the guy a lot of credit for sticking with it. He's played for a lot of teams over the last five years, never got a real opportunity to stick in a lineup, never really been presented with consistent minutes. And here we are nearly mid-season. The Golden State Warriors are arguably the best team in the NBA right now. 
missing significant pieces from their roster that have contributed to that record. And you throw in Gary Payton in the starting lineup, and he just picks up and does exactly what you need him to do on both sides of the floor. He's not a guy that requires the ball in his hands. He's happy to defend full court. He puts his body out on the line. And the finishes consistently inject so much energy into the arena for the team and really are a big part of this Warriors offense because guys are going to be open. And whether he is knocking down threes from the wing or the corner or getting dunks under the rim, it is demoralizing for opposing teams that are putting so much effort into defending Curry, Draymond pick and rolls, Wiggins slashing threes, and then Gary Payton's out there doing work. What are you going to do? So great job, Gary Payton. Love to see him take advantage of this opportunity. Again, as a starter, playing 31 minutes per game. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Jordan Poole returns. He'll likely take Gary Payton's spot in the starting lineup, but I do suspect that Payton, Payton's role is here to stay. Sure, 31 minutes, no, but probably closer to low 20s role. Um, he'll likely soak up a lot of the Chioza minutes. We'll see how that goes. Gary Payton isn't really a point guard per se, so you know Chioza might still get a little bit of overlap time here or there but again I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Gary Payton really happy for the kid and hoping the Warriors are able to lock him up long time coming out of this season because it would be a shame to let this caliber of player go next guy I wanted to talk about was Otto Porter Jr. um another guy that's really stepped up in the absence of Wiggins Poole and Draymond, um, etc. Porter Jr. has been doing it on both ends as well. He is playing also a lot bigger than we give him credit for. You know, for a guy that was very athletic earlier in his career, he's really adjusted now to playing like a small five or large four. Defensively, he's been a menace. Um, in his last three games, 28 and a half minutes per game, 1.7 steals and one block. 9 points, 1.7 threes, 5.7 boards, 2.7 assists. He just does a little bit of everything. He shoots the ball well. He can defend. His rebounding is understated and has been a big part of why the Warriors have been one of the better rebounding teams in the league despite not having a true center. I mean, come on. Kavon Looney, sure, he's the center, but the Warriors aren't even really throwing out legit seven-footers, and yet going up against... Sure, Nikola Jokic had 18 boards last night, as we talked about. That's to be expected. But the team rebounding, and Porter Jr. is a big part of that. And he has been uh, very successful on that end of the floor, helping to secure defensive rebounds. Um, He knows how to play in a system. He's a highly intelligent player. He's able to make the pass or finish, as evidenced by the 2.7 assists per game. And just the defensive intensity, um, the defensive intensity, 1.7 steals and one block. He is all over the place. He's reading the passing lanes. He's playing help side defense. He's sending away smaller players at the rim. Um, Those block numbers should probably be higher too, because he's been swatting away a lot of shots. And, um, you know, unfortunately some of those are being called as fouls, but really impressed with Otto Porter. He had a very important 
and kind of coming to age sequence in Phoenix at the end of the game in what was a nail biter. He scored the last seven points for the Warriors where in a moment where someone needed to score with no Andrew Wiggins and no Jordan Poole, it seemed like it was going to be on Steph's shoulders to put it away. And Porter came up big time. The Warriors featured him running off screens and he delivered. Uh, We could have really used um, an extended performance from him against Denver last night. So it goes. His shot wasn't there. He struggled 0 for 4, but he still got out there for 25 minutes. You still saw the effort there. You know, we play on. I'd be surprised to see if he doesn't bounce back in the next game at Denver tomorrow night. So again, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, have been huge stepping up for the the Warriors missing in health and safety protocols. Lastly, you know, I'm going to continue to touch on this. Jonathan Kaminga is growing up before our eyes. Draymond Green recently said that, you know, if the Warriors are planning to make a deep postseason run this season, Kaminga is going to be a big part of that. And I fully agree. What Kaminga does is totally different than what anyone else on the Warriors can do. The size and athleticism and motor and speed that he has is unmatched. The way that he's able to get to the rim and you see his confidence growing every night, he turns the corner and sees the opening and he's attacking. Um, You know, but he's still raw, and he's still a 19-year-old, as evidenced uh, last night as he struggled from the line going 3 of 10. And you could clearly see it hurt his confidence, but he continued to attack. This isn't a guy who shied away from contact after missing his first four or five free throws. No, he continued to attack. His teammates and the fans gave him confidence and encouragement to continue doing what he is doing you know, and sure, Otto Porter Jr. gave him an opportunity to tie the game against Denver last night. It didn't work out. But you love to see that the trust that the team has in each other because it can't always be give the ball to Steph and make Steph be the guy. Um, Curry is more than able to and more than willing to every night to do that. But as Draymond said, if we want the Warriors want to be a championship caliber team, there needs to be other guys who can step up in moments. There might be times where Curry rests. There might be times where Curry has an off night. And in those moments, other guys need to be, st- other guys need to be able to step up and answer the bell, especially guys who are able to give the Warriors a different look than what everyone else on the team can do. And that's Jonathan Kaminga. You see him working hard defensively, not making mistakes. He's able to play smaller players. He guarded Chris Paul at times against Phoenix. And he's had a lot of success. He's been really good. He looks really good too. Um, The box score doesn't always tell the same story as the product on the floor, but you see Steve Kerr continues to trust him and give him more minutes. Um, And... This kid is going to be really good. So, you know, I continue to feel very excited for Kaminga and love to see his growth on the floor. Last night in Denver was a really big opportunity for him. And, you know, sure, he missed a lot of free throws. He wasn't able to convert at the end of the game. But just being in those situations is so important for a young player. And I'd love to see him build on that. 
hopefully, you know, get some motivation and encouragement to, you know, shoot 10,000 free throws a day, whatever it takes. <laughs> maybe to maybe Toscano Anderson can join him, but I love to see that growth from the young guys, especially in situations where it's not a blowout, it's a close game, it's crunch time, and he's 19 years old and he's on there on the floor and he's being trusted to take the last shot of the game. So really great to see that. It speaks a lot to the coaching staff and the trust that they have in Kaminga. Hey guys, quickly before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at MyBookieAG. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Thank you so much. This has been the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast a sports ethos presentation i'm sam orlick you can follow me on twitter at sd orlick please rate review and subscribe to the show and we'll catch you around for the next one